0: My name is Amy. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm really nervous. Something you should know about me is that I'm a singer-songwriter. I have played many halls in front of many people and I'm more nervous right now than I've, well, not that I've ever been. But it's close, it's close. (laughs) I am a singer-songwriter, like I said, I'm a seminarian, I am a runner, I am a mother, and I am married to and sometimes collaborate with your contemporary worship leader, Paul. And among these and many other things, I am a thrifter. Thrifting and the implied appreciation for pre loved things is a skill my mother instilled in me as the youngest of four girls who grew up in hand me downs, both from my sisters and from the daughters of the wealthier women whose houses my mom cleaned. And I'll be honest, I did not always appreciate the secondhand stuff. I recall a few years in elementary when all I wanted was a brand new pair of crisp jeans from the store, brand new, that would be all and only mine. And once I even got those jeans, but it was only once because my parents, my dad, a pastor and self-employed locksmith, and my mom, a stay-home parent turned self-employed house cleaner, simply could not afford that expense, especially when we already had literal bags of clothing for me to choose from. So I went shopping in those bags and at Goodwill, but it wasn't until middle school when I began to view those thrift stores as treasure troves, because when we went to TJ Maxx or even Walmart, I was limited to one top and one bottom for school clothes shopping. But at Goodwill, I had a budget and I could spend my budget however I wanted. I could get out of my sister's style and into my own, even though that meant baggier jeans and baggier shirts, none of which my sisters approved of, but in which I got to be myself. In today's gospel and these last couple weeks in Matthew 13, Jesus had something to say about the garbage bags that are the kingdom of heaven, where it's planted, hidden, and what it's worth when it's found. First, after telling, but before explaining the parable of the weeds which Pastor Natalia talked about last week, Jesus compares God's kingdom to a different weed, the mustard seed. Now, I didn't know this before studying for today's sermon, but to his first century audience, the mustard plant was such a common and invasive weed to otherwise well-ordered gardens that some say it was forbidden in the household garden. And yet, after discussing weeds sown by the enemy on kingdom fields, Jesus declares the kingdom of heaven is like this other rapidly growing weed. It is planted, and it grows, and it gives rest to birds perched on its branches. Here, Jesus compels us to ask, what and whom has God deliberately planted in God's field that our culture has deemed invasive or unwelcome? in our well-ordered places. Or, Jesus says, think of the kingdom like yeast. Now, again, his audience, both Jews and Gentiles, were familiar with the power of yeast. And maybe, thanks to the early days of this pandemic and the great bread bake of 2020, when so many of us scrambled to find active dry yeast on empty store shelves. This is a thing, let me just interrupt myself here and let you know that Paul, my husband, had no idea what I was talking about. He was like, what? I don't know. So he was reading this sermon and he's like, maybe you could clarify. I'm like, babe, it was when everything was off the shelves and everyone was looking for dry yeast and they wanted to start their, whatever. I baked no bread, but I have the bread baker and I know dry yeast. And I had some already in my fridge, so still do. Anyway, what those of us... (laughs) who have baked bread before know is that dry yeast is as fast spreading as a weed. And with great care and deliberation, God uses both in us and a little bit of yeast makes a loaf that feeds the family. It would be simple to stop here and dwell on this message that the kingdom of God grows from the tiniest bits of the commonest, most unwieldy stuff that goes where it goes and grows as it will, not according to human control, but according to its own biology. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He explains the parable of the weeds and continues with what else the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a huge field that someone sells everything he has in order to purchase. The kingdom of heaven is a pearl that a knower of pearls has been hunting for, and sells everything else to own, even all his other pearls. These, Jesus says, tell us what God's kingdom is like. And not just in Matthew 13, but over and over and over in his parables, we hear Jesus telling us that God plants what others will not plant, goes where others will not go. God leaves safe and trusted places to search and travel where others will not and spends everything on the one thing which others see as worthless and unwanted, if indeed they see the thing at all. The question implied by these parables is always, and at the very least, who missed the treasure in that field because they didn't know or weren't willing to look there? Who saw a piece of sand instead of a pearl more valuable than literally everything else and missed the purchase of a lifetime? Who saw only weedy, unruly, uncontrollable shrubs where Jesus saw trees of shady rest? Or put another way, who, like my first-grade self, was so insistent on a brand-new pair of crisp jeans from the brand name retailer, that she missed the broken in comfy designer jeans waiting for her if she'd only searched the racks at ARC's Value Village instead of Nordstrom or Target. And by the way, if you're interested in which thrift stores I think are the best in the Twin Cities, I'm happy to tell you. I have a whole list. Because listen, these days, those rows and rows of people's discarded trash in thrift stores are where I perch and find rest. I can spend hours sifting through the racks of clothes, books, and knickknacks to find everything I'm wearing today, or ceramic sculptures for my friend's prayer corner in her home, or records by John Denver and Fleetwood Mac, or coffee table books by my mom's favorite artist, or, alternately, to find some discarded Lululemons or Prada shoes to sell on Poshmark for some extra thrifting cash. So I can go back and do it again every day. What I'm saying is that the skill I honed as a child of poverty and necessity transformed me into a treasure hunter, and not a bad one at that. Not just in thrift stores, but on beaches full of countless half-buried shells in fields of the wildest flowers, on the trails where I take some of my favorite photos at the hours and minutes I've learned reveal those places in their most brilliant glory, and among the queer theologians who've been dehumanized and discarded by the church, and on the streets of North Minneapolis, where protest is prophecy and where I've found my community. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus tells us, is the red-lined streets where the enemy sows poverty and drug wars, dumps lead into water supplies and defunds our schools, and then sends in militarized police and federal agents in unmarked vehicles to mace us, trap us, and keep us under heel, to keep the weeds under control. And this is where Jesus plants tiny seeds turned towering leaders, like John Lewis, who marched on Washington and then transformed its legislature. Like Malcolm X and the Black Panthers, who decades ago rejected police brutality and showed us what abolition could look like in our very own neighborhoods. Jesus plants leaders like Marsha P. Johnson, our Black trans drag queen godmother, who led the Stonewall riots that became our annual Pride festivals. And yes, Jesus plants Philando Castiles, who feed children, and Brianna Taylor's, who save lives, and Elijah McLean's, whose music comforts animals, and George Floyd's, who are just fathers and friends and humans. These towering trees were declaring that black lives matter and trans rights are human rights long before it became trendy to paint the words on our streets or post their names on our marquees, and they gave everything To show us the treasure in front of our eyes, if only we will learn to see. These are the costly pearls, the hidden treasures for whom God paid everything to buy the field, because if they are in this field, then this field is fertile. And this is where the kingdom of God will grow. Let me say that again God paid everything to buy these fields, because if they are in these fields, then these fields. Are fertile, and this is where the kingdom of God will grow. Before I close, I want to hop down a couple other rabbit trails about mustard seeds and kingdom fields. Later in the 17th chapter of Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples that just a speck of true faith, no bigger than a tiny mustard seed, would become mountain moving faith. And friends, I have to be honest, I have been depleted all out of seeds, and anchorless for these last months. Full of anxiety and feeling hopeless amidst all the chaos around us. A global pandemic and rudderless leadership, a global uprising for Black lives that has been met at every turn by increasingly fascist crackdowns. More personally, I miss my friends. I miss hugging people. I miss my sanity, I miss the days when 25 milligrams of Zoloft was enough to recalibrate the chemicals in my brain. I worry endlessly, even though I know it won't add a second to my life and is instead shortening my breath and my days. I look out at the field that is God's kingdom, the field where we sow and water and tend the fragile seeds that God has planted, and I am frustrated by the thieves who follow directly behind us to yank them up and scatter them to an unforgiving wind. I weep for the hard work so quickly undone by forces that feel utterly beyond me, and I rage knowing that the only power I have is to keep sowing, keep tending, keep watering, keep laboring, because if just one tiny seed takes root in me, it will self-replicate. And the roots in me will reach out to the roots in you, and our roots will reach to each other, and we will become too many to pluck up. These are the promises I cling to right now. The parabolic promise that kingdom good is found in unexpected places where we don't want and are trained not to look. It's in piles of social garbage and waste. Kingdom treasure is in these weeds and in these fields and in us. Treasure worth everything. Seeds worth tending because they will grow. Let me just remind us, at no point in these parables does Jesus ask us to separate the wheat from the weeds, the good fish from the bad, the planter from the enemy. All Jesus is asking us to do is become treasure hunters who know where to look and learn how to see where God's kingdom has already been planted and is already growing. Amen.